they asked us if we were Boko Haram and we told them we were not and that we even left our village because they were worrying us. This conversation between Moazo and officers of the Nigerian army took place in 2015. Despite his explanation, and even though there was no evidence tying him to the notorious terror group, Boko Haram, he spent the next five years and eight months in detention. Hello. Before we get into the rest of today's episode, I'd like to tell you about a new podcast brought to you by Human Angle. It's called The Crisis Room. Each week, we look at security trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. Listen to the end of this podcast to hear a bit of the latest episode. This is Vestiges of Violence, a weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. On July 15, the Nigerian army announced that it was releasing over 1,000 detainees at Giwa Barracks and a maximum security prison in Borno State. According to the spokesperson, these people have been cleared of wrongdoing and are not ex-Boko Haram fighters. In this episode, we give you a glimpse into the experiences of two of the former detainees, Moazu and Muhammad, who wonder why it has taken several years for their innocence to be acknowledged. Both men were kept for three to six years at Kiwa Barracks, a military detention facility in Meidogori that is infamous for holding arbitrarily arrested suspects without trial and in terrible conditions. It was very bad. We eased ourselves in the cell because there was no toilet. It was congested. There wasn't enough food or water. And people used to die every day. 12, 15, 20, 30 people died. 3 to 5 people died daily in our cell alone and there was a time about 300 people died in a week. We lived like that for 2 years until the Red Cross came and the situation started to improve. 41-year-old Mohammed was detained in early 2018 when the conditions of the facility had improved to some extent. We were 270 in the cell. It was congested. There was food, but due to the heat, we couldn't eat. There was drinking water, but not enough for taking bath. Because of the scarcity, I will not be able to have my bath for over a month. Both men were not allowed to speak to lawyers or even their wives and children, who were very worried. Though they were accused of supporting Boko Haram, they had in fact been victims of the terror group themselves. We were driven out by Boko Haram. They were worrying us with their street rules. We were doing our farming and rearing our livestock peacefully, but when they came, they began to impose their rules on us. They said women should not go to farms or fetch water and firewood. They said men should attend Islamic schools, grow beards, and observe prayers accordingly. Anyone that tried to escape would be slaughtered, but we later escaped in the night and went to Cameroon. I was farming and rearing our animals. 
When Boko Haram came, some of our people sold their own. Those of us that didn't sell our own, Boko Haram seized them from us. Life became difficult for us and there was starvation. So I came to the IDP camp in Meduguri with my wife and children. Neither Moazum nor Muhammad have been compensated by the Nigerian authorities for their wrongful detention and no assistance has been given to support their reintegration. So they are thinking of rolling their sleeves and getting to work, knowing they have been given another shot at life, if they are able to raise enough money. Muazu says he plans to start selling cosmetic products and Muhammad hopes to return to his old life as a farmer. Just a reminder that you can be one of the first to subscribe to an all-new podcast from Human Angle. The Crisis Room will help you make sense of security trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. Here is a bit from the latest episode. Since the invasion into Sambisa and the death of Boko Haram leader Abubakar Chiko, the war on terrorism in northeast Nigeria has taken a new shape. One of the new angles to the war is the wave of defection Nigeria has been recording, as thousands of people associated with Boko Haram navigate the shrublands to defect and surrender to the Nigerian state. Human Angle Geospatial Study shows the journey through the challenging environment consisting of shrublands and seasonal bodies worsened by the rainy season. But not everybody who is returning is a terrorist. Some have just been caught in the middle of terrorism and insurgency. I am Maryam Mustafa. Welcome to the Crisis Room by Human Angle. In this podcast, we look at crisis trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. I am here with my colleague, Murtala Abdullahi. Today with Maryam, we will be discussing how the recent defections are largely misunderstood as the government pampering terrorists, but this is not the full story. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence. It was written by Kunle Adebadro and edited by Anita Eboibe, produced by Apple Toko. A quick note about our voice acting. All dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with the subject. Voice acting by Aliu Daihiro Aliu and Ataihiro Jibrin. The consulting producer is Osato Edobayu. Senior producer is Anita Eboibe. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humanangomedia.com and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am Hamida.